You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Hey, here we are. So my guest today is it's a little bit off the beaten path from the kinds of folks I usually talk to, which even saying that feels a bit odd to me because I've had people from all walks of life, uh, from MMA fighters to artists, authors, photographers, self-help gurus. So in a way, there's, there's no beaten path. I, I look for interesting stories and interesting people that inspire others. Well, Larry Chow is certainly qualified. In addition to his degrees in psychology and as well as an MBA, both from Yale, he's the managing director of the Chow Group, which is a consulting firm that has worked with Fortune 500 companies. We're not going to focus today so much on how to restructure a corporate entity, (laughs) as as sexy as that might sound to Larry, (laughs) but we're going to talk more about mindset mindset and leadership, uh, why it's important. Uh, I think that's mostly obvious, but, but more importantly, how we might apply something that he's been doing for over 25 years in the corporate world to our personal lives. So with that, uh, he joins me now from Bangkok, Thailand. Thanks for your time today, Larry Chow. Thanks for inviting me, Mark. Well, Larry, I, you know, as I set it up there, I know you're a business guy, uh, and I, but I try to design the questions today in which your answers, uh, and I don't know what they're going to be, but that I've designed the questions so that your answers will be applicable to both the corporate arena as well as maybe our day-to-day lives and interactions with others. And that could be colleagues at work. It could be friends. It could be relationships all the way down to people you meet on the street. So I'm, I'm aiming for some universal truths here about how to effectively deal with change or the unpredictability of our lives. So let's dive right in and let's start here. Uh, what, what are the key components that, that make someone a good leader, you know, assuming they want to be leaders, and, and or at the very least, what's a key component to make someone confident in who they are? Great, great question, Mark. Uh, you know, and you, there are thousands of answers that you know on on LinkedIn, other media about what a good leader is. And for me, uh, let me just say, I'll be speaking not from a textbook, but from the school of hard knocks. So nice. it's uh, a way of maybe sharing some ideas based on my experiences here in Asia as well as USA. But for me. I think a good leader, I think of a good leader, and I think um, the first thing is that the person knows what they're doing, that they're competent. So when I think of a leader, I I look at that person for leadership. You know, what do we do in a certain situation? So having content knowledge is really important and being relatively intelligent is is good too. Experience matters when it comes to leadership. That's the first thing. I think the second thing is uh, in this day and age is to really have an open mind. And the reason I say that is because people get... Uh, into leadership positions, and they get very used to making decisions that they've made many, many times over and over again. But now the world is changing. And because the world is changing, not, not one person knows everything. And, you know, if you have an open mind, you can then, you know, think about other things than what you've been used to, you know, making decisions about and being right in the past. This is really important. So I say the second quality is having open mind. Hmm. The third one is I think about, you know, everything, uh, every, every everything that people talk about on social media and about going back to work 
is a good leader has to be empathetic, really understand yeah. other people. Yeah. So those are three things, I think, really having you being competent, knowing what you're doing. Number two, being open minded. And then right. number three, empathetic, really understanding other people and, and what makes them tick. Well, that um, that last one that you you brought up, uh, you know, makes me want to jump ahead to a question. I'm going to come back to a follow up to that, sure. que- that first one, but I want to jump ahead to another one. Um, because it, it sort of alludes to it. And it's um, I wanted to ask you what how you felt about micromanaging versus uh, delegating and, and authority and um, discretion to your employees. I mean, you know, I know nobody wants to micromanage. No one wants to be micromanaged. But where's the line where you allow employees to make their own decisions, uh, you know, without you standing over the shoulder the whole time? I mean, how, how do you decipher where you draw that line? I would say that, you know, there's not one right answer for every situation. And that's why there's one model um, that's called situational leadership. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but this was done by a guy named Ken Blanchard. And the reason, I mean, it's it's probably one of the very few models I really like because it's so practical and relevant. And what it basically says is this, it says, you know, the type of leadership style you use, whether you're empowering people or micromanaging them, whatever, it depends on the situation. Hmm. It depends on the person who you're managing. And it also depends on yourself, your own preferences. And I think the reason I like the model so much is because it, it looks at leadership in a more flexible way. So, for example, you know, Mark, if, if we were together in a conference room and there's a fire, I wouldn't say to you, Mark, how do you feel about fires? What, what do you think? We should <laughs> right, do? right. I, I wouldn't delegate that to you and ask you how you felt. What I would say to you probably is, you know, Mark, let's get the heck out of here. Right. You right, know, we gotta right. go out the door. And that is a very appropriate style. It's a very directive, authoritative style, but it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense given the situation. Yeah. Now, that might not make as much sense if you were dealing with a subordinate who is, you know, learning and, and, and trying to figure out how to do a job where you want to provide enough content. So you want to provide a little bit of micromanaging, but you don't want to completely tell them what to do because you want them to learn. Hmm. So you might give them bits and pieces of content about what to do and then ask them how they think about it. Do they understand? Because you're teaching. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that actually does translate into a lot of the stuff I do talk about on here and we in that we discuss, I discuss situation ethics and uh you know um like the stoics uh talk about having virtues rather than a rule book of like you know it's this is right this is wrong in all situations their way of thinking is more well it depends it depends on the situation you know and you kind of have to to go and and decide what's best i I like your analogy of like you know you wouldn't ask me how i thought about a fire (laughs) um So going back to the the question about leadership, um, is leadership, is it a natural born quality or can people like introverts, can they learn to be effective leaders? Can they learn uh, the necessary skills and confidence to become a leader? There is kind of a, a misconception that, you know, leaders are very outspoken. They're loud. They have to do <laughs> things. Well, I don't think you can be quiet and not say anything, Right. But I think at the same time, I've seen a lot of leaders who are humble. Yeah. You know, they're humble. They don't have to be the center of attention. And, you know, the best leaders, Mark, are the ones who kind of recognize their limitations. So, you know, they look around them, they say, you know, I know I'm not good at speaking and rallying the troops. I know I have to do some of it, but, you know, Bob over there is great at that. So I'm going to let him do it, let him shine. Mm. And likewise with other things. And that's what makes them really good. The ability to look around them and say, who can help me be a more successful leader? Yeah. Well, what do you do when you've got more than one alpha in the room that that wants to be the leader and 
you know, they're button heads all the time. And I mean, how did, you know, I guess give us some tips on conflict resolution. <laughs> where, yeah. where do you start? <laughs> you know what? Let, let, let me just say one thing about the alpha. I mean, everybody is, it, it's, you know, you're intimidated. It's disturbing. It's frustrating. Um, it's irritating when you have, you know, people who are trying to, you know, take the spotlight and do things. Maybe they're not equipped to do and, and, and control other people, mm. you know, really be more than, than who they should. I think the natural reaction of another kind of alpha would be to fight just like, you know, animals in the animal kingdom, they kind of fight it off right. or, you know, to, to have conflict. I think if you're, you know, it's almost like, it, you know, the Zen, the, the, the very, it, it, the highly uh, people, emotional, intelligent person would probably try to assess that as to what the right opening is. And rather than to be a direct and to challenge the alpha, because that's exactly what they want, right? They right. want a conversation. <laughs> I would use the judo technique, you know, the gentle way. <laughs> yeah, gentle really way. Kind of, yeah, I mean, really be patient because if you're leading a lot of people, you know, it's it's not like you're going to a rugby game, which is much more maybe alpha oriented, right? Business is more how, you know, not only are you, you know, passionate, it's about how smart you can be to solve a problem. And so if you, you know, step back and of course, for the first 10 seconds, count to 10 and don't get upset, don't react. Right. Right. But sort of think about the situation, the context, understand who that person is at alpha, you know, rather than to kind of like butt heads with a person that will give you time to put a plan together so that at the end of the day, you can motivate and influence that person rather than force them to do something they may not want to do. Mm. So I would say that the advice would be to step back, think first before saying anything, assess the situation try to understand the person from their point of view. Mm. Um, if you can do that, you win a lot of uh, yeah. support. Yeah. I think that's great advice. The, the don't react, you know, take a breath, think this through. Um, you mentioned a key word that I want to uh, talk about as well. Motivation. What do you, uh, what do you say to a client that comes to you and that says, um, Larry, the, the morale of the organization is really low. Uh, the employees don't like each other. They don't get along. They fight all the time. Nobody, it seems like nobody's happy to come to work here. How, how, what do you do to fix that? Yeah. I mean, there's so many reasons why. Uh, and, and by the way, Mark, this is a very common complaint and <laughs> I don't think you're going to get uh, Nirvana. So if you're, you're trying to get everybody <laughs> to love each other, that probably won't happen because when a client comes to me and says, well, there's a lot of fighting, going, which is very common. And not only today, throughout my, my whole 25 years. And, you know, the goal, first of all, isn't to get everything perfect so that we're all kind of, you know, singing songs around a campfire. Right. The key is to be able to make it uh, safe enough so people feel confident to express their opinion, that there is plenty of respect so that even though I might not totally agree with you, I respect what you say, I understand what you say, and I, I want to invite you to continue to express your disagreement in a respectful manner so that we can become better than what we were if there was only one person who thought they knew everything. So I would say to the client, you know, let's let's first understand why. Maybe it's maybe it's a one person who serves as a lightning rod, and and because you know if you have one leader who behaves in a manner that's very unhealthy, that sort of trickles down to everybody because everybody looks at them as a role model. So right. you know, I'd have to first assess the situation, but for sure, you want a team that has the same goal in mind that feels safe to express how they feel. They can have a very good dialogue. And, and most importantly, especially now, Mark, is this notion of respect, mutual respect. And, mm. and, and even for my own business, I spent a lot of time in workshops working to get people to respect each other. And it's really a blend of not 
taking yourself so seriously. Right. I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world. So I think at the end of the day, it's about that respect for each other, not taking yourself so seriously. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, you can go out and have a beer or a drink together because, you know, you were able to express yourself and come up with a better solution than you would have had you not said anything. Yeah. Well, you, you bring up a good point about, uh, you know, whether it's employees or, you know, colleagues or whatever, uh, feeling free to express their opinion. Um, what happens when in your organization or maybe in your life, um, someone presents an idea and you just don't like it? <laughs> it's just a terrible idea. How do you deal yeah. with bad ideas? I think probably the most important aspect of an effective, high quality person, as well as an organization, or, you know, bring it outside of the business world and put it at home, is that you really need healthy relationships between people. Hmm. All right, full stop. The reason I say that is when you, if you think about your best friend, or even your family, where you have good relationships with, you know, those you love around you, you can say virtually anything because you know that, you know, the relationship is so strong and the bond is so strong that yeah. you can be yourself. You can be vulnerable without the risk of being attacked or somehow, um, you know, belittled. So for me, how do you feel safe? How do you feel good about an idea? How do you feel you want to express something? Before you even go into the meeting or express it, I would work on building your relationship with other people who are in the meeting, yeah. right? Because when you have that that situation, you could say anything, you know, if even if you disagree, because the other people in the room, you know what? To be, it's a very simple thing. They like you. They trust you. They want you part of the team. And so we spend so much time looking at the wrong things when we're trying to make people feel comfortable. And, and, and I, I know nowadays you call it psychological uh, safety or something, right? There's so many different terms for this. But the fact of the matter is, if, if you don't have basically good, healthy relationships with people, if you can't take yourself lightly and not, not think it's right. the end of the world, if somebody disagrees with you, it doesn't matter what you do. And, and I would I would make that suggestion to people even one-on-one. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the a great point you brought up, just maybe before you worry about the whether the idea is bad or not, you, you, you worry about making a connection, making a connection and building a relationship, a rapport with people so that you're able to express uh, a disagreement or, you know, uh, you know, a different opinion. Well, as we wind down here, uh, Larry, I, uh, I usually do a little segment uh, called five minutes Zen, and it's secular. We don't even have to talk about Zen or anything like that. My question for you is what is the fundamental thing for you? You, you kind of touched on this a little bit at the beginning when you're talking about competency and open-mindedness and empathy, but, but uh, let me, let me ask the question this way and maybe it'll come out a little differently, but what, what is at the core? And what I'm looking for here is I'll give you three examples and you, you can see how these might translate to our personal lives. One, is it something like willingness to listen and put ourselves in the shoes of the other? Or is it two, being uh, expeditious? What I mean by that is people need to address problems the moment they arise before they become too big or, or even before they arise, if possible. Or is it just honesty you know, as a core value? Obviously, all those things are important. But if you had to zero in on the fundamental ingredient to adapting and dealing with change and working with others, being efficient in business and in our lives, what's what's priority one? Where do you start? Tolerance. Tolerance? Tolerance. Tolerance. Ooh, nice. Okay. I like that. Uh, and, uh, and, and actually, I was thinking as you were talking, Mark, and the reason <laughs> is you asked me you know, how I've changed myself. And I think one of the things is that 
you know, if if we're tolerant, you know, we're able to step back and we're able to let things kind of happen rather than us forcing things to happen that may not naturally happen. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's sort of a balance. And you you only, I think, understand the value after you, you've been hurt so many times by not being tolerant, for example. Mm-hmm. And I think the things that I see nowadays is that because everybody wants what they what, what they personally feel is the most important. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy phenomena, right? But you can see with social media and everything, that's, that's true. But being tolerant about other people, what they want, what they think, and, you know, thinking things through, being a bit more patient, et cetera, I think is a, a great virtue. I, yeah, I think the world needs it more than ever before, you know, I mean, not to get into politics and stuff, but I mean, we've just somehow gotten into this weird place where, if you don't think exactly like I do, then you're my enemy or something. I, I it's absurd. <laughs> so we definitely need to talk. That was great uh, uh, advice there. Uh, so how can people find out more about you or, I mean, uh, about what you do? I guess they can go to chowgroup.com. Is that right? Yep. Sure. Okay. I'll put that in the notes and, uh, and they can follow you on LinkedIn. Are you anywhere else on social media? No, I would say LinkedIn. I'd love to chat with you. I will give one last piece of advice. I noticed I have a, a little bit of time left. Sure. I think if you really want to change, right, you know, people say, oh, it's difficult to change. If you really want to change, you you can't do it alone. It's very difficult to do it alone. I think the key to change is to heal, hear yourself thinking. So if you can get a partner in crime, somebody who can, you know, talk to you, allow you to express how you feel, you know, you'll get to a point where you start, you're talking about something and, you know, you're, you're, you'll be thinking, geez, I never thought about that. Actually, when I think about that, that's, I should yeah. do that. And you got to have enough momentum there. And you also notice like when you're talking about, you know, maybe you're thinking about doing a podcast with Mark and you're worried <laughs> and you're thinking you're talking to a friend, your friend gets you psyched up and then you pick up the phone and you call Mark. Okay. You get enough leverage. So to me, personal change, difficult to do it on your own. Don't do yeah, it. It is. Do yeah. it with a friend, confident, get them talk, get yourself talking out loud, listen mm. to yourself talking and thinking and get the momentum and then you'll be able to change much easier. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I mean, I, I think you touched on something. Sometimes it helps just to say it out loud. If you're just thinking it the whole time, you know, maybe you think one thing about it, one way about it. But when you tell someone else about it, you you have some self-realization there. <laughs> like, well, OK, maybe I don't think that way. It's, you know, you, you come to a better understanding, I think. It's great advice. And for those listening, uh, Zen Sandwich is not a Fortune 500 company yet. So I rely on listener support. That keeps it ad-free, so if you like this or any other episode, please consider making a donation through my host, Red Circle. Uh, there, there should be a link in the notes wherever you're listening to this. If not, uh, you can go to redcircle.com slash zen dash sandwich and um, buy us a cup of coffee or just donate a buck. Uh, it all keeps going, keeps the show going, and I thank you in advance for that. Larry Chow, thank you. Uh, great advice. Make connections. Be tolerant. I, I mean, you can't get better advice than that. I thank you for your time and expertise. Very insightful. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you very much, Mark.